Hey, you're listening to the Burnt Out Entrepreneur Podcast, where you'll learn why you're feeling so burnt out, some insights and hacks to get you along this entrepreneurial journey. I'm Kylie Yotel, former oil and gas manager, turned health coach, life coach, and business mentor for female entrepreneurs just like you and help them heal and recover from burnout. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Burnt Out Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Kylie Ota, your host, and today we're going to be talking about burnout and the stress response. And how does your body respond? We'll be talking a lot more about this and trauma and things that you went through when you were as a kid, things that you don't even know have affected you and things you've been holding on to, things you've been storing in your body. We're going to be talking about all of that coming up. And just to let you know, if you don't know your archetype, we're going to be talking about those as well today. So go to burnoutarchetypequiz.com first before you listen so that you can get your archetype because it's going to be very handy as we go through this episode. So first things first, right? The autonomic nervous system, fight or flight. We talk about cortisol, adrenaline, and the endocrine system and how that plays a part. Today, we're going to dive a little bit deeper and talk about what really triggers those responses in your body. So there are two parts to the autonomic nervous system, and it's called the dorsal and the ventral nervous system. Okay, so when I heard the word dorsal for the first time, I was like, oh, it's like the fins on a fish. But actually, um, so the dorsal is the lower side, right? The the and the ventral is the upside when you get those upswings. Kind of similar to like bipolar when you get those manic episodes, those are more like the ventral side. And when you're on the lower side, that's the more dorsal. And it's like, okay, but that's the opposite of what it is on a fish. Dorsal is under, ventral is on top. So it kind of had me thinking like, why is it backwards? So a good way to remember which part of your nervous system is working. So the um, sympathetic nervous system, right, is the S. S stands for stress or survival mode. And this is the fight or flight response, which is the upper, which is the ventral, right? This is where you'll experience increased heart rate, increased alertness, right? This is that cortisol gets you going, like where you can lift a car if someone is in trouble, stuff like that. And these are your stress hormones, right? And on the dorsal side is the parasympathetic, which P stands for peace. So, right. You can think of the dorsal as it's promoting relaxation, rest, digestion. It lowers your heart rate, relaxation, recovery. But it also um, leads to the fawning and freezing response. This is where you're lower. So the top, the fight or flight is fight and flight, right? Usually we think of fight or flight as opposites, but in this case, Fight and flight happen in the sympathetic and the parasympathetic is the fawn and the freeze response. This is going to be important. So hold on to that as we go along today. 
And another concept we're going to be talking about today is the vagal break. So the vagus nerve is what controls, it's the main nerve in your um, autonomic nervous system. And the vagal break is similar to the brakes on the car. Um, but the sympathetic, right, the one that ramps you up, the fight or flight, is like a gas pedal, which takes you into action. And then the parasympathetic are the brakes, which triggers like a slowing down or relaxation response. So the vagal brake is, like I said, similar to the brakes on your car, where it activates your parasympathetic, your dorsal response for relaxation. And this is the vagal brake helps you maintain balance and helps you recover after a stressful event. So a lot of times when we are experiencing burnout or right, there are four stages of burnout. In the first stage, your vagal brake is working like it's supposed to be working. And the second stage, you know, you've been like going, 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 like you've been pressing on the gas a lot. And it's it's similar to how your car works, right? When you're like gas brake, gas brake, right? You're wearing out the brake pads on your car. And so kind of think of it, I'm kind of a car enthusiast because I grew up around cars. My dad used to work on cars. So I kind of love cars. And so think of like all the way in stage four is like you have no brake pad left. You're, you know, you're grinding metal on metal. Like your brakes are shot pretty much. And your body essentially can't take a break, <laughs> right? Your your brakes are not working. So it's, I would say it's not as bad as someone actually cutting your brake line. But in this case, when you're experiencing burnout and your cortisol is running amok, you know, you're, you're kind of the one that has cut your own brake line. So we, we have the control of what we're doing with our bodies, how we're responding to stress. Although sometimes, yes, I get it. If we've experienced trauma in the past, our bodies have been conditioned to respond to stress in a certain way. And this is what we work on inside of the program. We look at your stressors, we look at your triggers, we look at your propensity or your, your likelihood of having a stress response. And while I am not a crisis counselor, I, I have fulfilled that role in the past, but you know, the life coaching program that you'll be entering in when we work together is not about that. It's not about like, oh my gosh, like I'm in a crisis, what do I do? But as we work through these um, triggers and as you know, you come to a session, I'll give you tools and things that you can use to help regulate your nervous system, help, um, work on that vagal break so that you're not always in a stressed out response. It's just like driving a car. You can't press on the gas and press on the brake at the same time, or if you're doing this, right? Like it doesn't work. So some of the techniques that we work on inside of the program are stuff like deep breathing, right? I'll teach you a a lot of different breathing exercises and here's one for you today um one is box breathing for me the um 
they say like to hold it longer. I don't know. Four counts for me works with my nervous system. When I'm inhaling too long, when I'm holding my breath too long, it activates my nervous system and it it kind of takes away from the effect of the breathing exercise. So I shorten it to four, 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 four. So right, you breathe in. So think of it as a box, right? Breathe in, one, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, exhale, where you're going down, two, three, four, and then hold, two, three, four at the bottom. So that's why when you're thinking about your box, right? Inhale, hold, exhale, hold. That's why it's called box breathing. And then mindful meditation. I think we all know how to meditate. There's a lot of great apps out there, which I don't use anymore. There are a couple that I used to use, but you know, um, I don't need to anymore. And physical activity. I'm a big proponent of physical activity. In the beginning, when you know I was transitioning and I was getting better, I was really happy to watch my cortisol levels because stuff like cardio. Um, like the high intensity workout, right? Think about it, right? It produces more cortisol in your body because you're activating a fight response, right? You're doing a lot of high intensity exercises um, and a flight, right? You're running, you're activating more cortisol. So when I was, you know, learning how to reduce my cortisol levels, um, have my endocrine system work normally, I had to really think about what I was doing with my physical activity. So no long cardio workouts. I switched to um, hit but shorter hit workouts, um, more lifting and, you know, just getting more into my body, getting in tune with my body. In the past, I have used exercise as a way to regulate my nervous system. But in essence, I was really burning off that excess cortisol that was pumping through my body. So what notice if that's what you're doing as well, if you're using exercise as a way to release excessive cortisol. So right, we can find other ways like breathing or meditation to lower our cortisol so that when we go into the physical activity, it's, it's for, you know, general health purposes. And I switched from jogging, which I was a long distance runner since middle school. So walking was, I really had to do a reframe on that, that walking was actually exercise because I had been a long time runner. But walking, right, that's what stopping and smelling the roses, like going for a long walk, it really does help to reduce the cortisol. So just look at your physical activity. Um, make sure you're doing the right physical activity to lower cortisol. And the last one on the list is social connection and support. Right? Having a group of people around you to give you support. Um, I was just talking to my coach today saying that you know, I notice that I've grown in regulating my nervous system because I no longer have to run to the phone. Because, right, as a Christian, they tell us, like, go to the throne, don't run to the phone. But I had found that 
when I was having issues regulating my own nervous system, I was like, oh my gosh, like, oh, I can't handle it. And so what do we do? Like, we go to the phone, we call someone and we vent, right? We have to release those things that are bothering us. And we're like, right? Right after we vent, we're like, oh, okay. You vented to someone, but now for me, it's like I can regulate within myself where I don't have to run to the phone to go dump out my feelings. It's like, no, I'm in a place now where I can process my feelings internally, regulate my nervous system internally because of the, uh, you know, the mindset practices that I've been doing for all this time. So all that to say, now we're going to dive deeper into each archetype and how each archetype deals with stress. And if you haven't listened to the last couple of episodes where I've talked about how each one deals with time and money and those types of stressors, go back and listen to those if those are the particular stressors that are affecting you today. But just in overall, in a general response, we're going to be talking about stress, stressors, and how the the bagel break that I talked about and how that comes into play for each archetype. So, right, there are four responses, right? Fight, flight, fawn, and freeze. And as always, we're going to start with the powerhouse, but ironically, it is the first one. So fight is for the powerhouse. And fight, just think of it as you're gearing up for battle to face a challenge head on, right? And where you're thinking about a powerhouse, that's that's who she is, right? She's like, I can bring it. I can handle it, right? That's the kind of person that she is. But when she's in a stressed response, so right, there are um, normal ways that we react to things, but in a stressed response, right, certain characteristics in a person are heightened or escalated. So when the powerhouse is under stress, what happens is they tend to become more assertive, more competitive, more goal-oriented, and they try to um, take control over the situation, right? They try to assert themselves and they're more likely to confront challenges head on, right? There's no, you know, conflict averse here, right? They will go up to that person and they will want to settle it then and there. Not getting in, they, they may get into people's faces, but right, if you are not this archetype, also think of it this way, right? When someone, your, your respond or someone's responding to you or you're in a conflict with someone, Think of how they are responding. Then you can kind of figure out their archetype, right? If they are ones that are like, oh my gosh, we have to settle it now. Like we need to talk about it now. Like I need to gain control. I need to take control of the situation. If that's how they respond in an argument or when they're under stress, this is probably their archetype. And the way that you can counteract that, right? Try to get their vagal break to um kind of come out and help them slow down a little bit because right when you're fighting with someone and they are in attack mode like that they're trying to control they're trying to assert right there are ways that we can 
it's not our responsibility. I'll just say that first. It's not our responsibility to control someone else's emotions. But when it's affecting our own nervous system, we have to learn how to respond to that, right? So seeing some of the things and understanding when their vagal break will kick in and it'll kind of calm them down, tone them down a notch, right? You're not going to change a person's personality type or behavioral style, but you can help kind of engage their vagal break in a way, you know? So, um, right, ways that you can help manage your own fight response is promoting a sense of calm and just in yourself kind of fusa, reduce your excessive aggressiveness where you're like, whoa, like if you feel yourself like, ah, like trying to control, trying to assert, it's like, whoa, okay, take a step back. And even if you point it out to someone, say, hey, you're kind of being aggressive right now, that might also engage their, their vagal break because they may not know that that's how they are responding in a certain situation. So, right, just letting them know, hey, you're being a little aggressive right? One, it might trigger them. They might flare up even more. I've had an ex-husband that was like that, so I get it. But sometimes in, in normal people who, you know, aren't um, in a narcissistic abusive mode, they will realize, oh, okay, I am acting out this way. Let me tone it down a notch. And, um, just doing that can help really um, prevent overreactions and this type of aggressive behavior. Yeah, so the next one is the popular archetype, which is the flight response, right? So how this works in, you know, in a personality type or in a person is they will want to escape to avoid a stressful situation. Not that they can't deal with it, right? Think of the popular architect. She is happy, go lucky. She, you know, she loves to be fun and free. There's nothing worse for her than to be in a conflict. So she will try to escape or avoid. Some of the ways that this personality type will escape is not necessarily fleeing in a physical sense, although they will, you know, but some of the other things that they might do, and this is also for your business as well. This is not necessarily for conflict resolution or conflict management, but say in your business, if your business is making you stressful, some of the things that you'll do is avoid difficult tasks, right? Through procrastination. So the flight response essentially is procrastination. So if you find yourself procrastinating, you know, scrolling social media, watching Netflix, even cleaning, or just doing something else because you're just avoiding this hard thing that's in front of you. And sometimes it even shows up as shiny object syndrome where you're like, okay, I have this problem. Why don't I go look for a solution? And then you go buy a course, you invest in something that is supposed to alleviate the problem. But all you're doing is, you know, what my coach calls buffering, where, you know, it's like, right? We're simply avoiding, we're going somewhere else to look for comfort, right? Just think about it. All of these stress responses, our body wants to reduce the stress. 
So, and based on our personality type, it's going to pick certain things. And this is why I preach that burnout recovery is not a one size fits all solution. You have to know your personality type in order to get the right cortisol reducing responses, right? And this just proves it here. And so, um, like I said, the popular is very social, people oriented. And their number one thing is to avoid conflict. They want to create harmonious relationships. And um, so how the vagal break kicks in, right? It assists in reducing stress and anxiety and tension associated with the flight response. So when the vagal break kicks in, um, they'll do less fleeing but they can stay, you know, in there and the vagal break helps them to maintain a more balanced and composed demeanor. And then while like the natural tendency, you know, they like to prefer to avoid conflict, but right, the vagal break can support them in doing so without a lot of excessive um, buffering. Okay, the next one, philanthropist. So the philanthropist, if you think, just think of a philanthropist, like they love supporting others. They love taking care of people. They care more about the human in the business than the results, which is the direct opposite of the, pro, uh, the powerhouse where powerhouse is all about results, all about taking action. The philanthropist is more about the people than their actions. So think about, you know, um, I want to say like people are who are into social justice, right? They care way more about like their result is getting people to take action and saving the people. So that's why they're against big oil and they're doing like gluing their hands down. Like they don't really that like their immediate result in that moment is is not what they're trying to get. They're thinking, like, okay, long-term, how is this going to really help more people in the long run, right? So those are the philanthropist personality types. They're all about pleasing people and avoiding conflict, right? So that's where the fawn response kicks in. Now, this is different than... The flight, right? Because I said the popular archetype also likes people, right? But the um, just think of it as an extroverted response versus an introverted response. So the fawning is all about people pleasing to avoid conflict. And right, the philanthropist, right? She likes to, she values stability, teamwork, cooperation. She is about getting everyone to work together for the greater good. And in a stress response, she will fawn, right? She will focus really heavily on people pleasing and maintaining the peace. And this is also fawning is if you've been exposed to trauma, maybe divorce um, or your parents, they fought a lot. You were probably conditioned to handle stress in a fawn response because right like oh let's make everybody happy um 
how do I keep the peace in this household, right? That's what you probably have a lot of people pleasing tendencies, being the good girl. Like if I am good, right? If I am a good person, then um, my parents will be happy. If I get good grades, my parents will be happy, right? It's all about making sure everyone else around you is taken care of and happy. But think of it this way, right? You're trying to make everyone else around you happy, right? In a fawning response, because what is it doing? If there's people fighting around you, it's activating your nervous system. If the people around you calm down, right? Oh, they're calm. Now I can be calm. Your nervous system is not going to react to theirs. Now, fawning is not only associated to the philanthropist. I'm just saying each of these archetypes have um, one that they, they most likely will go to if they are this personality type. Because you could be a powerhouse and have a fawning response. You can. But most likely, a powerhouse will be a fighter and not a fawner, right? That's how they will get themselves out of a stressful situation. Okay, um, so the downfall for this and how it relates to burnout is, right, when we're people-pleasing, we're taking care of others and not taking care of ourselves. So, right, you're probably neglecting your own well-being and you're at a greater risk of burning out because you're doing, doing, doing for everybody else and you're neglecting your own self-care. So how can you get your vagal break to kind of kick in? So your vagal break will, once you start having that that vagal break, like when we, in our program, right, we work on how to get that vagal break to respond more gently. You're not gonna be like, right? Stress break, stress break. Or like I said, your brake lines and maybe cut even at the situation. Like that's how I was. When I was in stage four, my doctor was saying, you need to relax. You need to sleep more than six hours a day. Like on the regular, I was getting between four and five hours of sleep a night. So six was kind of like my sleeping in. My body, that vagal break was not working. So my body would... And my body would make myself wake up at the six hour mark thinking like I was late to work or like I was missing out on something. My body could not relax past six hours. It's crazy, right? And so I had to learn. I didn't know this is what I was doing at the time. I learned about somatics and all of that later on in my journey. But in the beginning, I, I had to Netflix and chill in order for my vagal break. So going back to the flight, I'm a powerhouse, but I'm also a popular. So, you know, scrolling on social media as a powerhouse, I thought that, oh, I have to keep going, 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 going. So for me, how I learned how to bring more vagal break in was binging Netflix, which I had never done. I didn't even have like cable TV at the time because I just thought TV was a waste of money and time. And if I sat watching TV, then, then I was I was being lazy. Like sitting around equals laziness as a as a powerhouse. So anyway, that's how I learned to 
really train, train my brain that it was okay to relax. I had to distract myself. Um, anyway, where were we? So, um, vagal break for the fawning response. When the vagal break is working properly, right, we can internally regulate ourselves and navigate conflict and not have to people please. We we can kind of separate. There's less of an attachment um, to what's happening around us. We can detach and give ourselves what we need in the moment, right? Stop worrying about everybody else and just focus on what's going on inside of us. Um, and once we do that, right, it increases our capacity to navigate conflicts without becoming overly accommodating or submissive, right? We don't have to be yes people because, right, the more we say yes, the more stress that we get. And it's just this never-ending cycle of people-pleasing. Last but not least, the freeze response is associated with the perfectionist. And um, so think of it as this way. If you are a perfectionist or you know one, someone who is always hung up on everything being perfect, when they are overwhelmed, right, usually it comes with indecision. So it it kind of looks like procrastination, but it's the overwhelm, like, I don't know what to do next. Think of it at, in your business. When you are a perfectionist, you're like, you're, you're trying to look at all of the different marketing techniques. Should I do a webinar? Should I do a five-day challenge? Should I just, what about an email campaign? Oh my God, what am I going to post on social media? And instead of taking action, you will sit in your indecision and it will look like procrastination. But what it really is, is a freeze response. And right, this causes delays, it causes frustration in your business. And you're like, oh my gosh. And it's even more of a self-fulfilling prophecy where the, the perfectionist in you is probably like, well, I should be there by now. But if you look at what you're doing or not doing, you're not taking the action because you're waiting for everything to be perfect. You're trying to find the perfect strategy. You're trying to, instead of just taking messy action, and that is the one caveat for the perfectionists. They do not like taking messy action. Like that is the kiss of death. They will not put out anything that is less than perfect because what does it do? It reflects on them as a person. Like, oh my gosh, Kylie just took messy action. I can't believe she just posted that. I'm like she went live without makeup. Are you kidding me? Like, oh, like that's what the perfectionist thinks. They think that people are going to be judging them if they are less than perfect. Right. And think about how it relates to burnout. Like just the stress that comes upon them when they're trying to do something and it's less than perfect. And they're like, you can't. Like you can't put out content if it's perfect. So you're just stewing in your own juices and all of that um, burnout is happening mentally. Like, oh my goodness, what's happening? And you're not taking any action. You feel drained physically because you're not taking any action, which is really weird, right? But all of that action is happening here. Your brain is getting tired. It translates to your body. And then you just feel like, oh, 
I just don't feel like doing anything right now. And so one thing you can do like to help your vagal break is, you know, and get rid of some of that analysis paralysis, right? When you have that vagal break working, you can use it to, you know, maintain composure, maintain balance, even during a stressful situation. So let's say you put out a social media post that is less than perfect. Like you write it, no editing, hit go. Like, ah, like your nervous system will be triggered for sure. But like the more you keep taking messy action, the more your brain will realize, oh, we didn't die. So therefore it is safe to take messy action, right? And the more messy action that you take, right, you'll see some kind of result. Because right now you're not seeing any results because you're not taking any action. You're paralyzed by fear of looking imperfect. So just take the messy action. And right, we in our program, we do it in a controlled environment. Like we expose, like we come up with a plan and you you control all of it, right? What you want to do how you want to um, start stimulating your nervous system in a controlled environment and then see how you respond and then how can you come down from that eventually, right? Like, okay, we're going to apply some of these techniques, some of these stress relieving techniques so that you're not triggered every time. And then we're going to help regulate or help your vagal break to kind of go back to normal so that you're not triggering your body into a cortisol response and being stuck in burnout. And again, when you're in chronic fight or flight, right, you're gonna have heightened levels of stress, anxiety, emotional exhaustion, and this increases your burnout risk, right? Triggering that cortisol response like in the beginning, stage one, your vagal break can help you regulate that. But once you're in stage four, it's like the wheels are off the car. Like, like you're just going and you can't stop. You just can't stop. Um, and then on the on the other hand, with the dorsal, right, the fawn and freeze, excessive fawning and freezing is going to lead to you neglecting your self-care, right? You're going to feel overwhelmed. Um, you're going to be struggling with decision-making, and all of this churning, like that whole churn and burn, the churn and burn, if you're not familiar, it's part of my peace planning process. And this is the in the last CNE committing and executing, right? When you're like trying to execute without committing, that's when the churn and burn comes. It's like, oh, take some action, and but you don't commit, like you don't go all in on yourself right? You're struggling with decision-making. Like that's what a CEO is, right? We are the executive, right? So we need to execute. And if you're not executing, then it's really putting a struggle on your business. So just, just to wrap up, right? This journey of entrepreneurship without burnout demands resilience, right? And it's essential to manage these stress responses, right? So right, you need to recognize when to employ fight or flight because it is good, right? 
when to step in your powerhouse mode, when to turn it back down, right? Because we need, like our stress response is there so we can face challenges, so we can stay alive, right? The cortisol kicks in when we need to run away from a bear. But today, right, um, we have like first world stressors, meaning like, oh, I'm looking at a Starbucks cup now. Oh my gosh, they got my order wrong. And then, uh, right, that's totally a first world problem. But right, our stress response will kick in. But okay, so think of the Starbucks thing, right? If someone gets your Starbucks order wrong, what is your response? Are you a fighter? Are you going to go up there and say, hey, you made my order wrong. You got to fix it. Are you going to flight? Are you going to like, huh? And just walk away and just do nothing or fawn? Like, are you going to still be like, oh, yeah, this is so good. You're just going to fake it or the freeze. I mean, I don't know what, what you do for freeze, honestly, but just look at it and just kind of think about what should I do? And all of the responses are going through your brain. And therefore, you actually do nothing because you freeze and the moment passes and you're like, it's too late. I don't know, food for thought. Um, uh, yeah, so going back in, of um, some of the ways to increase your resilience, right? Avoid overextending into chronic fawning patterns by setting boundaries and prioritizing self-care. In the burnout community, right? Oh, self-care, self-care. But self-care doesn't have to look like going to the spa. It, it's, you know, it's not about that, right? Self-care is what does Kylie want? What do I want? What is best for me in this situation? And, you know, especially if you're a Christian listening to this, like, well, you know, love your neighbors as you love yourself. Look at what he's saying there. Love your neighbor better than you love your, no, love your neighbor as you love yourself. If you don't love yourself, there's no way you can love others, right? So we're not talking about being self-centered. Well, I mean, yes, centering on yourself, but not self-centered in that way where you're like, I'm so selfish. There's so many thoughts around that. And when I was going through my own burnout recovery process, I felt very selfish because I was so used to to doing and and what are people going to think of me if I dial it back down, if I don't show up the way that I need to show up or the, the way that I had been showing up. And to top it all off, I was getting negative voices in my space saying, oh, you know, like she's just trying to get out of work. So it it was like really compounding how I already felt about myself when I was out of work for like three months because my doctor realized that my work schedule, my life schedule was not conducive to me healing and getting the rest that I needed. So he took me off of work so that I could regulate my body and not have that extra thing to worry about. So again, just like driving, right? We both, we need both gas and brake pedals, right? We need to press on the gas sometimes, right? We need that sympathetic. We need that ventral. We need that. But 
We also need the breaks. So that vagal break is important. The parasympathetic, the rest and digest is very important to run smoothly. And you know, when we find the balance between the dorsal and ventral nervous systems, right? We can use techniques like relaxation, um, mindfulness, meditation, physical activity, but we're not pushing yourself too hard, getting sleep, right? Sleep is so underrated in entrepreneurship. You know, I love Gary Vee, but that hustle mentality, you, you can hustle and still rest, okay? The Lord says we need to take a Sabbath and that's there for a reason. Like, even if you're not a Christian, you don't even subscribe to the Bible, right? Taking a break, like think of it, using the body um, as a car analogy. Could you drive across the, the country? I'm, I'm in California now, like thinking about it when I was in Hawaii, like, there's only so many places you can go on an island, right? If I was to drive from California to Florida and I never stopped, like, yeah, like I would need gas, right? Of course, but say I just gas and go, gas and go all the way to Florida and I never take a break. Say I'm a robot and I'm just driving. The car, the car is going to have some major damage once we get across the country if we don't take a break, right? So not just because it's in the Bible, but think of it in the natural as well. You need a break. You do, right? Um, so this is why burnout in entrepreneurship is so rampant. We've been conditioned to go, 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 go until the business takes off. And then Next thing you know, it's been three years, five years. You've never taken a break because your business hasn't taken off, especially if you're in one of these responses, especially if you're perfectionist. You're trying all these different strategies. They're not working. Keep investing. Um, and you're not seeing the fruit of your labor because you're doing all the things. But when you do slow down, when you look at everything, as a whole, you know, you take a step back instead of like grinding and hustling all the time and your face is just in it all the time, right? We slow down. We take a breather, pull back, see the bigger picture. This is what I do with my clients, whether as a project manager or, you know, they're coming to me in the coaching program and they're trying to manage their life and their business. It's like, it's easy for me as an outsider to look in on your business and say, whoa, have you considered this, that, blah, 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 right? Because we're on the outside. You as an entrepreneur in your own business, it's really hard sometimes to take a break. You're like, you're all in it, right? But this is what this episode is trying to help you to do. Understand the vagal break, understand dorsal ventral, understand fight, flight, fawn, freeze, and how it's affecting you, how it affects your business, how it's, you know, because of the different archetype, you have this certain tendency to burn out in this way. 
And that's why I say when I'm working with clients, it's very important to understand your style, how you work, um, and go back, listen to the time and the money episode, like how you invest your money, where you invest, because your motivators are what's driving you. And these triggers are also what's driving you, right? We're either working towards moving towards pleasure or moving away from pain. Like that's it. That's what our body responds to. So, right, we're moving towards pleasure, we're working hard, whatever, but we're also trying to avoid pain at the same time. But once we understand the pain, which is our triggers, which is what we're talking about today, and the pleasure, like, okay, what goals are you working towards? Finding pleasure in your life, finding pleasure in your business, that's when the burnout is going to essentially calm down. You can have a thriving business without being so reactive. And that's the whole purpose in the coaching program. The burnout recovery program is all about helping you find balance, helping you find success without burnout. And learning all of these techniques that we talked about today is the first step for you getting there. And if you're interested in working with me, go to kylieota.com slash consult, fill out the form, get on my calendar. We can talk about these things. We can talk about your personality. We can talk about how you've been building your business, if it's a sustainable growth model or not, does it really fit with you and your personality type? Because if it doesn't, right, your business will not be sustainable. You're not going to have sustainable, you can have explosive growth, but it's not going to be sustainable because you are going against the grain. You're going against the way that God created you. So doing it your coach's way or your, your mentor's way is not the way. And like I said, I've learned a lot of these marketing techniques. I was in marketing operations for a whole number of years before I decided to step back into this coaching model. And I understand there's so many ways to promote yourself online, in person, all the different ways, right? And once we understand what's best for us, there's less busy work, there's less distraction, and there's more focus on what will really work for you. And you're going to be eliminating about 80% of the busy work that you're doing by getting rid of that and focusing in on like, okay, a specific strategy for your personality type, how you work, um, your triggers, how you respond to them, learning how to regulate your, your nervous system, understanding the vagal break and how to like really get that in check. It's all going to contribute to you having a, you know, um, scalable and sustainable business. So go ahead, go to kyliota.com slash consult, go grab yourself a spot on my calendar. I'd love to talk to you more about this and get you going on the right path for you and your business. So again, thank you for listening to this episode. It's been so great being here with you and I will catch you on the flip side. Did you enjoy this episode? Want more? Here are a few ways to go deeper. Number one, discover your burnout archetype. You always hear me talking about this on each and every single episode. So get ready to crack the code on your personal burnout style. Take the quiz, go to burnedoutarchetypequiz.com and open up your mind to explore new ways on how to manage stress and conquer challenges according to your personality type. Number two, 
work with me, I will be your personal burnout recovery coach. Because we're not just talking about change. We're talking about a seismic shift in the way that you conquer your entrepreneurial domain. So strap in and let's embark on a roller coaster ride to reclaim your life and your success. In my coaching program, we're blasting through barriers, including number one, building better boundaries. Right? We're going to stop those energy vampires and establish unbreakable boundaries to fortify your work-life equilibrium. Number two, reclaim your energy. Say goodbye to fatigue and hello to a turbo boost of vitality. Discover the secrets to replenishing your physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual energy, my specific PEMS framework. And this is more than stress management, okay? We're going to wrestle stress to the ground and make it tap out. Every setback is a setup for an epic comeback. And right, you're going to become a goal-getting machine. We're going to fuse your personal and professional aspirations into a powerhouse of purpose. Say hello to a life that's not just lived, but thrived. Okay, so hold on to your hats. This is not just coaching. It's a revolution of the soul. This entrepreneurial world is not a lonely one when you've got a relentless ally like me in your corner. So it's time to crank up the volume and get ready to hustle with heart. Keep the fire alive. Keep smashing those goals. And don't forget, I'm your partner in this electrifying journey. P.S. Let's flame the faints of connection. Catch up with me on the socials. You'll find my LinkedIn, my Instagram, my Facebook, and a link to my Facebook group for more exclusive content in the show notes. We'll see you there.